everyone it is your host julian fernandez and i wanted to tell you guys something before the episode started um so with this episode we had a couple difficulties we shot the 30 minute episode and um my recording halfway through did not um transmit so the episode's gonna be a little bit choppy i'm sorry for that um we're improving it every time i think the audio quality has gotten a lot better um, but I wanted to give an explanation to why it's going to sound a little bit choppy and why I'm not really in this video or in this audio, my fault. Um, we're working on it. We're getting better each time. And I think episode three and four are going to be really good. Um, so stay tuned. Those will be up shortly as well. Um, enjoy the rest of the uh, podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. See you. Welcome to, 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 to the Unity Factor. Hello, it's your host, Julian Fernandez, with co-hosts Jonah Wade and Josh John. Uh, welcome to the second episode. We in the building? <laughs> oh, I gotta laugh at that. Um, but today's episode, we're going to be talking about Trump's response. Um, and then we're going to go off of that. Um, so I want to ask you guys, did you watch his speech at all? Uh, only about five times. I had to pinch myself every time to figure out if I was in a dream or something, bro. I cannot believe, like, it's crazy. We're, we're the closest to martial law in America that we've we've ever been ever. Yep. Which is ridiculous. I mean, we're seeing, we're seeing the country fall apart at the seams, you know, as we're growing up in it, which is ridiculous. Yeah, that's true. I think something I'm going to ask for both of you is um, what's the most shocking or notable part from that? And then I'll say mine afterwards. Um, I think it's Trump's threat of sending in the military. I mean, we take it for granted for not being in a military society. Where most other countries, they have armed soldiers within the boundaries of that nation or state. And the U.S., we have this long history of not being a militarized state which is very important for our for our liberties and our way of life and you know posse cumitatis a law from back in the 1800s or whatnot um it pretty much said that the military cannot um like work outside of military bases or within the united states boundaries now the insurrection act of 1807 gives the president the authority to quell rebellion um by using military force but that's very controversial it's only been used in during the civil rights movement and stuff like that but i mean just the notion of sending in armed soldiers and whatnot into these areas of protests it not only sends a bad message to the world but it's also very frightening to see that because it's a threat to our civil liberties um well all right clearing a couple things up the 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 act of eight 1807 right it was used for slave rebellions he's using a slave rebellion act to now quell protests about the injustices of african americans which is irony in a league of its own and also what i've been hearing is that is that the um the law is you can send the military at the request of the states but in the speech he specifically said if the governors fail to reply i'll send it in myself unilaterally well he does is, have that authority technically in the law but yeah it's unprecedented and it's fucking crazy yeah. and what, what surprises me the most is that people are defending him 
is that there's yep. actually a, a good mass of people who say, yeah, we need to restore the law and order in this country. We need to, we need to, um, you know, stop the violence. So we're going to send in the military. All right, look, I, I understand where you're coming from, but look what happened, right? Trump gassed peaceful protesters to get a photo op at a church. So if you think the military is going to distinguish between peaceful protesters and violent rioters and looters, then I got a bridge to sell you, man. Like, like it, like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's, there's not going to be, it, it's going to be all the protests that are shut down, you know? And also the military is not trained for this. They're not trained to deal with civilians. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the fucking military are trained killers. They are trained to kill people. Well, their duty defend- isn't for law enforcement. Their duty is to fight foreign wars. Exactly. So they are trained to to murder people as efficiently as possible. You're going to send those people with that training into the streets of America, and you think that's going to turn out well? It's actually ridiculous. I think uh, to go back to one of the points you made earlier about getting a photo op in front of the church, um, I know, Josh, you're um, very religious, um, mm-hmm. Christian, I believe. Um, yep. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, he went up there. Um, I mean, caused that whole scene just to take a photo op. Um, yeah. What is your thoughts on that? On holding out the Bible and like whatever yeah. message you're. I mean, I can't possibly know another man's heart or soul. I cannot judge, but from what I see, I do not see any inkling of true Christianity in Trump right now. If I'm just being straight with you, right now he just abhors every single um, common principle of Christianity, love, forgiveness, compassion, kindness, all those things. I've never seen it out of him. You know, he might say a couple of times, but then the next minute he'll just backtrack. He'll, he'll say something stupid or racist or something like that. And, you know, (laughs) he was holding the Bible up like upside down. And I, you know, I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of Joe Biden, but he said it would serve Trump well if he actually opened it once in a while and read it, you know, Burn. and you know, I, I, I have to agree with that. Although, you know, I can't, I can't judge his, his character. That's only for God to do, but that's just my thoughts on it. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was sort of crazy. I mean, he sort of went up there. <laughs> I mean, this whole scene, um, this tear gas, people screaming um, peacefully. It's like and there's no, yeah. there's no argument that they were peaceful. There wasn't like, oh, if you look at it this way, you know, some people, blah blah blah. It was a straight peaceful march. Yeah, police <laughs> charging with tear gas and riot shields. Yep. And then you see the president and his fucking entourage coming through. It's like, bro, it, like if you, yeah, think I mean, this guy is gonna respect the peaceful protesters after that. With the military, I mean, you got to be kidding me. Either you're the most naive person I've ever met or you're, you're lying to yourself and you know you're lying to yourself. So I think something that I want to state about that is something – I was watching the speech and I was watching it with my grandmother and we were watching this and it was like hell breaking loose. And she was telling me, she's like, promise me you'll never go to one of those protests. And that sort of hit me because um, I told her, I'm going to go to one of the, like, if that's something I, if that's something I believe in, I'm going to be at a protest. I don't care what they do to me. If I feel something is wrong, I'm going to fight for it. But it's to the point where they're instilling fear into people to make them not want to protest, to not make them want to speak on what they believe in. And that's damaging. Um, I know my, 
I know my grandmother wants just the best for me and doesn't want me to get hurt. And I'm not saying anything about her, but I'm saying about how we're reacting to this um, and how a lot of people are like the rubber bullets. I mean, those things cause damage. I mean, I don't know if you've seen people getting hit by those. Damn. People have gone blind. Damn. (laughs) Those things are different. Um, And I heard, I think I saw some images where it's like, it's a, they say it's a rubber bullet. I think it's just straight metal with like a rubber cap. Um, And then the tear gas as well. Like, it's just brutal out there. Um, Stay safe, y'all. Yeah, please. If you're out there and if you're listening to this, um, keep believing in what you're believing in. Keep fighting for what you f- are fighting for. Um, but stay safe, please. Yeah. I mean, there's no more valiant cause than to stand up for something that you believe in. Peacefully, of course. I do not condone any violence whatsoever, looting. Um, however, I do stand with those who are protesting right now because – you know, what they're fighting for is a just cause for fair and equal policing. You know, I don't think this is a partisan issue. At least it shouldn't be. Um, I don't even think it's a race issue. I think it's, it's not black versus white. It's not Hispanic versus white. It's not Hispanics versus blacks. It's everybody versus racism. I think that's what the common denominator should be here. It shouldn't be Republican versus Democrat. It shouldn't be blacks versus whites. We should all unite against this common enemy that not only hinders so many people's liberties, but their health like i mean there's so many there's so much evidence to show that racism just is a terrible inhibitor to mental health and physical health and it's just rocked generations of african americans in this country got nothing to add to that you hit the nail on the head So, I mean, we saw um, that bishop of the church that Trump went to, she, she was like, he just came out of nowhere. She even got uh, pushed out of that church when she, he was coming in. And so, I mean, it shows a lot that he just wanted it for a photo op. He didn't really want to do it for any real reason. He didn't want to go in there. But even if he did, he had no right to move the protesters. And this is just another infringement on uh, first Amendment rights of so many people. All right. While we're on this topic of violating First Amendment rights, I want to talk about a tweet that Trump um, tweeted a couple of days ago saying the United States will now recognize Antifa as a terrorist organization. And I'm going to tell everybody why this is so problematic and why this is a direct infringement on First Amendment rights. All right. First, I just like to say, you know, I'm on the left and I and I completely against fascism. I hope everybody is. It's a direct the direct threat to American values. Um, but I think radical groups like um, like a lot of the radical left, the real radical left are wrong and they're kind of productive. And I think radical groups are kind of productive no matter what side they're on. Um, all that aside, right? Antifa is not an organization, okay? You can't, you can't designate Antifa as a terrorist organization because they're not an organization. If you look at the other terrorist organizations... Um, on the United States list, right? Hamas, Al Qaeda, ISIS; those are established organizations with a clear hierarchy, membership, and a leader. Right? There's no leader of Antifa. Antifa is a movement, the way that like environmentalism is a movement. There's not a leader of environmentalism. It's an unorganized group, an unorganized movement. I mean, with a, with a, the same cause. Okay. So now you look at how Trump is blaming Antifa for the riots, even though Antifa groups. Radical left groups have not organized any of these riots, right? 
Um, oh, although I think they're inciting it. No, I'm 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 sure that there's radical radical people in the riots, but the the marches and the riots themselves were not organized by anti-fascist radical groups. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, okay. also, if we're going to be talking about terrorist organizations, I heard the KKK is not on that list. Are you kidding me? Four, what is it? 200 years of terrorism against African-American communities? I mean, come on, give me a break. They're not on that list? Are you kidding me? And my point is that the KKK has an ex- extremely established and strict hierarchy, right? There's all different levels of the movement and the group. And there's a clear leader and there's clear chapters in each district and each whatever, right? It's a clear organization and structure. With Antifa, it's just an ideology. It's just a movement. It's not an organized Mm -hmm. group. Okay, so you see Trump blaming Antifa for these riots, okay? Making a terrorist organization would let the government um, effectively arrest and shut down any protesters on the basis of them being quote-unquote terrorists, right? If you look at the ways that America has treated terrorists in the past, right? I'm not saying this is, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not even trying to go into the argument right now, but they don't have a right to a trial, right? They don't have mm-hmm. any constitutional rights, okay? So by designating Antifa a terrorist organization, it allows the government to arrest protests without any reason, and all they need to do is claim that they're part of Antifa and they have their constitutional rights taken from them, all right? So listen to this. Um, well, those, well, well, on that... If they still have rights if they're American citizens, because those foreign terrorists, they're not American citizens. That's the that's the debate against it. But I see your point. Who knows though? Who knows? They can they can claim Antifa. Yeah, we can, can claim Antifa and do anything they want and use terrorism as a defense. All right, listen to this this tweet that I saw. This is from a defense lawyer source. Protesters arrested by the NYPD are being pulled aside by the FBI at precincts and asked about anti-fascist sentiments or connections to Antifa. Basically, what they're doing is they're arresting protesters with no cause, questioning them about their connection to anti-fascist groups, and they're going to use that to prosecute them instead of actual actual evidence of them causing violence. It's yeah, I mean, this is, this is just another instance of the Trump administration violating civil liberties for so many people. I mean, it's just abhorrent to me that my party has fallen to this level to just be a rubber stamp, especially in Congress. I mean, those bozos in Congress, they just, they're just a rubber stamp for him. They're just nonstop approval of him. And it's so sickening, so sickening. So basically what my point is, is that if you're for First Amendment right, no matter what you feel about Antifa, you cannot support designating Antifa a terrorist organization. Well, Antifa literally just means anti-fascist. So does that mean if you are against fascism, you're therefore a terrorist? That make you know. No, it's I, being I, a part of. It's being point. a part of that group. I get the point, but literally, there's no organized group of Antifa. It's all Antifa means is anti-fascist. So I get the point of like, oh, if you're a if you're a radical protester who's fucking chucking Molotov cocktails and you know, you're you're bringing assault rifles to protest. Yeah, I get that, and I'm completely against it. I think that's kind of productive. But I think labeling an entire movement as a terrorist organization not only is just brazenly unconstitutional and authoritarian, mm-hmm. but I don't know, man. It's just like you, you, you look at the, the level of authoritarian actions taken right now, and we're the closest to 
fascist we've ever been. I'm not saying we're there, and I'm not saying I don't think we're going to be there, but we are the closest to that we've ever been in this country. Well, I mean, in this moment of lack of leadership on the national stage, I think Joe Biden is definitely taking a different tone, and he's he's, he's starting to accelerate his lead right now. I mean, I just saw on CNN uh, this morning that Iowa and Ohio are now yeah kind of slipping away from Trump, and they thought that that was going to be uh, like a foregone conclusion for them. Now it's in play, and I mean, Biden's just taking advantage of the situation via his leadership and empathizing ways. All Biden needs to do to win this election right now is to not die and not have anything resurfaced from his past. Because look, the one group that he struggled with was young people, right? If you look at if you look at the primary numbers, he crushed it with old people. As I'm a, I'm a huge Bernie guy, as much as I hate to admit it, he crushed it with over 65, which is a huge demographic of people, right? The one area he didn't do well is young people. And now look what's happened. Now there's massive, massive anger between all of the young people in this country. And what are they going to do? They got to go to the polls now. They have to. Hey, it's Julian again, coming back from editing. And uh, my part cut out here. I talked a little bit about Trump's speech he made. So we talked about it a little bit. And then I'm just going to continue it to where Jonah and Josh um, said what they had to say. Um, again, sorry. Well, the one, Although, thing, the one thing that he said that messed me up was that he wanted the, the Army the National Guard to, quote, dominate the streets. That's literally yeah. his words. If that's not scary to you. That's dictatorial. The, yeah, that's, I mean, that's some shit right out of 1984, man. Yeah, I mean, I am, I am hopeful that there will be change out of this. I mean, it's sad to see that a man had to, an innocent man had to lose his life over it. I mean, it just broke my heart seeing his little girl, he's like six or something, had a smile ear to ear. She said, Daddy changed the world. You know, she's six years old and she's trying to find the light in it. I mean, I I was nearly brought to tears. Well, I mean, I was very saddened by that, that this daughter, this little girl had to lose her dad and the system's still like this. It's, it's very sad. I think that incremental change might come from this, right? Small changes in police codes, all that. But I don't think people are burning down buildings for incremental change, you know? People realize that this, the entire criminal justice system, the policing system, is all so, – the racism is so ingrained in that. And I think that, yes, we would like reform, but, but I don't think that Trump is going to do it on a scale that anybody's going to be happy with. You know, he did, he did the First Step Act, which was um, – you know, freeing some nonviolent protesters or uh, not protesters, drug crimes, right? Yeah. And that was great, right? I give him credit for that. that was- I hate Trump. That was, I give him credit for that. But that, mm-hmm. it, it's what the name was. It was a first step. And if you think that he's going to do a second step or a third step, I'm sorry, but I highly doubt that. And if you have, you have people on the left, <laughs> namely Bernie, who says, I will legalize weed on day one, I will take weed off of the controlled substance list on day one, and I will work to free all the nonviolent drug offenders as soon as possible. It's like, you know, you, you can't compare them. You know, it, it's not like, I don't know, man. Hey, quick, quick, a push Pearl. You guys remember uh, whiskey rebellion? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Just bringing it up. This sounds a lot like it, right? Ah, uh, Yes. I mean, 
I mean, I guess I'll leave you guys with this. The Bible says in Galatians 3, 28, it says there's neither Jew nor Greek nor slave nor free and no male or female for we're all one in Christ Jesus. So, I mean, when you think about it, when you go out into the world, just look at that other person, not not as a black man, not as a white man, but as your brother, as your sister. And, uh, you know, try to strike up a conversation. Even if you guys disagree, like, for example, Jonah and I, right? We're totally two different ends of the spectrum. I'm a conservative. Jonah's a Bernie supporter. Um, but, you know, we still have those civil conversations about policy. We don't let it get personal. And we still love each other at the end of the day. And I still see him as a brother of mine. So, I mean, as you guys go out into life and all, just keep that in mind. Amen. Oh, wait. One last thing. One last thing. Oh, my gosh. Listen, listen, listen to the other side, not to not to um, to um, formulate a response, but listen to actually understand. Don't just, don't just take that time while they're talking to create a response to their thing so that you can be right. Try to, try to intentionally listen to what they're saying. All right, I'm done.